Welcome to the podcast where we track down Australian war veterans, have a chat with them and hear their stories. I'm Alex Lloyd and this is Life on the Line. The single greatest sacrifice I've made is my family. There were a couple of public beheadings. In order to kill them, you've got to be a little bit angry. Not psychotic, but just angry. We could look down Frankfurt and see it on fire. Stuff blowing up everywhere. There will be no surrender. And then they had to fight an enemy in amongst we got children. Point where you're going to I could never often. not go back. They were my friends and they felt like the same She did say, you've changed. A soldier put everything on the line to help one of our boys. Eric Few was an infantry officer who served in New Guinea in the Second World War. Angus Horden interviewed Eric in June 2012 with me behind the camera for the documentary DVD miniseries for School and Country. We have today a few clips from that interview. Eric's early time with the army showed him just how daunting a task it would have been to be defending Australia. But he looked up to the senior officers. When we were in Western Australia, found ourselves with about ammunition, a couple of hundred rounds. I don't remember any grenades. The Japanese were in, as I said, the Dutch East Indies, and there was very little distance between Western Australia and Timor. There was nothing in Australia to prevent an invasion by the Japanese. Fortunately, the Americans came in after Pearl Harbor, which was in December 41. And very fortunately, the 35th Battalion was part of the 5th Division. It was country fellows from uh, the New England, Inverell, Tamworth and Newcastle. They were highly regarded. The um, majority of them were colonels, were all original officers from the First World War, the majority of them decorated. They knew what war was. In February 1944, Eric found himself in New Guinea as a platoon commander. He arrived in Finchhafen to face the Japanese. Looking back is the most sordid part of my term in New Guinea, which was only 10 months. The uh, lads I was with, some lasted for 20 months and cleared up the Japs at the end of the, uh, at the end of the war. We were told under no circumstances, in fact, the first lad who was shot was in a patrol where the Jap had uh, pulled up a white flag, surrender, and but had half a dozen of his friends around and they sort of decimated the, uh, our blokes who were taking the white flag as a surrender. We were told that uh, we were not 
under any circumstances to allow as officers any body to send details of the cannibalization of the Japanese in respect to themselves and any of the fellows who were captured by our fellows. Eric and his fellow officers were told to order their men to censor their letters to home, to make no mention of the Japanese resorting to cannibalism to overcome their supply issues. The only instances Eric came across personally were the Japanese eating their own. During my term, there was uh, all that we found was in Tapen and Wonderluck, and they were Japanese and Japanese. As far as the battalion was concerned, I understand that uh, there was one of our lads killed and cannibalised. Well, that was at Weewak and just before the end of the uh, war. But Eric discovered that the greatest enemy was disease. Eric, I understand that your platoon suffered some of the highest incidences of this scrub typhus and disease in the whole Australian Army. Yeah. Ten out of my lads got scrub typhus. Even the Batman got scrub typhus. And we never were any further than arm's length away from one another. Five of them died. I had, prior to that, uh, around about Medang, had one or two die with scrub typhus. Scrub typhus was an insidious infection and the mortality rate was round about 50%. The condition that the boys were in, if they were exhausted, they were exhausted and they had no chance. But I've noted records which I've looked up, medical records, that they just couldn't understand why or how it happened. They put on additional staff. The girls, the nursing staff, were absolutely marvellous. Eric was evacuated from New Guinea towards the end of 1944. He had suffered from a couple of rounds of scrub typhus during his time in the jungle. Upon leaving the campaign, he was diagnosed with hookworm, dyspepsia, appendicitis and neurasthenia. Sadly, he spent the rest of the war hospitalised. Eric Few never quite got over his psychological scars from the jungle, but returned to the books and fought on through the courts as a barrister. Find out more about Eric at forschoolandcountry.com. You can also get in touch with us by emailing podcast at lifeonthelinepodcast.com. Search Life on the Line on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to connect with us on social media too. Life on the Line is brought to you by Thistle Productions. Artwork by Big Cat Design. Music by Dan Van Werkhoven. Thanks for listening. And lest we forget. (laughs) 